Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hello everyone, uh, Scott Jennison here, the Acquisitions Manager at Streamline Property Buyers and welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Yes, welcome back everybody. My name is Melinda Jennison, as you know. Um, every week, Scott and I are delighted to bring you a new episode of value-added information here on the Brisbane Property Podcast and some exciting news that has just come through um, within the last seven days, Scott. Um, our podcast, the Brisbane Property Podcast, um, has been named as the number one podcast here in Brisbane based on the volume of downloads that we receive every single week. So a big shout out to all of our listeners um, and a big thank you to you for your continued support of this podcast. Um, And I must say, we've got some incredibly exciting guests that we've locked in for some up and coming episodes. Um, And who would have thought three years ago when we started to um, talk to each other during COVID, Scott, that the podcast would become the number one podcast here in Brisbane. So I'm super excited about that. And um, as I said, extremely grateful for the support of those listeners that do download and tune in every single week. Yeah, I I totally agree it's i'm pretty stoked actually to be to be number one brisbane property podcast um we started this just to share information and i know that look credit to melinda puts a lot of um, time and effort in and also pauline in our team um, gathering information so putting that effort in to get all this information for us to talk to you um, our listeners and share that information um really really exciting those um some guests coming up i'll touch on that one again but watch this space um it's going to get bigger and better uh on the podcast so today um this one's really interesting and and we do we do talk about media influence um and how that influences people in property it's such a large investment um whether it's buying your own home or through property portfolios and setting yourself up for that that wealth success um in the future so it's a really interesting thing that we we sort of sat down and um, I know you've put together a lot of information on this one Melinda but talking to people about what the forecasts are and a lot of people do ask us that that question as well when people inquire you know what's going to happen look into that crystal ball if only we could um, have the truth come out of one of them but people do ask us that question what is the forecast what's going to happen in Brisbane what's going to happen in property because people are interested Mm -hmm. um, absolutely interested in in what is going to happen compared to what actually happens. So what we've got here and all the information that we've got here to talk to you about is the forecast versus the actual. Yeah, so what we've done is um, we've gone back in time to have a look at what some of the major banks and some of the big economists have forecasted in the past. And we're going to compare the accuracy of those forecasts um, to what actually happened. And it might be a big surprise to you. Um, and, And it's interesting because we are going to go back to a time when we did first start talking to you, our audience, um, back in the the period that COVID hit, um, back in 2020. It's the time that this podcast started, but it's also a time where some pretty scary headlines were coming out based on forecasts that were actually being put out by um, some of the major banks and the some of the, the economists here in Australia. So, you know, we're going to unpack some of the information that we've been able to gather and we're going to then um, overlay that with what actually happened to get a feel for whether we should be relying on bank forecasts 
forecasts when we're predicting what might happen to property prices, whether we should be relying on economists that put forward their forecasts, um, or whether there's a better way to be updated and keeping informed about the direction of market movements. So when we talk about those headlines, obviously there's historical things, and, and as you mentioned, COVID, um, who can forget when you know when that was happening, where everyone predicted so many things, um, let alone through property, um, what was going to happen. But when you talk about the people that, or the people or, or who basically um, puts all these predictions out. So I think you touched on there, it's like some of the big banks, so mm. NAB, Westpac, um, so on, the experts, so the economists, uh, and then there's also the commentators. Um, I'm going to call them property. the doomsdayers. Yeah, maybe the doomsdayers, <laughs> as they've been called. Um, if, if we touch on that, I, these everyone listens to all these people. Um, so, you know, what do these people, how do they sort of predict all these things? And obviously we know what, what, what uh, is positive and negative and, and what can actually happen. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of experts out there that have their opinion. Yeah, let's talk about some of these so-called experts because um, there's some big names we're about to mention and these people keep getting it wrong and there's no simpler way um, of stating this fact and I'm going to run through some names um, um, in terms of what they have predicted and then what's actually played out. Now, um, a very big media favourite, if you like, um, and this person's often in the media making statements about what's likely to happen in the property market, and that person is Harry Dent. You've probably all heard that name. Um, and we're going to trace that right back to sort of 2008 and 2009. Um, and at that time, he was making very big predictions um, that the property prices across Australia, as well as stock market as well as the stock market and other investment vehicles, it was all going to crash. You know, those predictions were big, bold predictions, um, but the reality is they did not. Now, these are Australia-wide predictions, and I know this is the Brisbane Property Podcast, and we're going to get into more granular predictions for what um, banks uh, predicted for Brisbane property prices as we move forward in the years. Um, but staying with Harry Dent for the moment, um, in 2018, um, again, he predicted an absolute collapse in home values. Um, and again, that did not happen. So he's consistently wrong, but he continues to attract that media attention. And he continues to instill a lot of fear amongst consumers and property buyers when he makes these big, bold statements. Um, it's a reoccurring thing. Perhaps one day, um, you know, he's hoping that he'll get it right. But to date, um, he has not been correct with any of these big fear-mongering um, predictions that he's made. And the next one, which obviously a lot of people have heard about as well, is, is Martin North. Yes, Martin North heads up digital finance analytics. Um, now, he's been wrong also about the direction of property markets um, or property prices since the early 2000s. And at that time, he concluded uh, that many Australian homeowners had really lost touch with reality. Um, Martin North actually has an obsession with predicting the many ways in which Australian property markets will eventually turn bad. And if you haven't heard um, some of his predictions, um, perhaps you could Google his name because they still sit there within some of those media headlines. Um, in 2019, he was actually predicting 20% price falls. Um, it, it, that did not happen. Um, but we would call him um, a perpetual alarmist, if you like, because he's also consistently wrong. But he also does um, attract a lot of media attention and, of course, um, contributes to that fear mongering that can come across um, everybody 
um, you know, loves a, a headline that um, is an alarmist headline, or we don't love the headline, but it certainly attracts attention. And so, you know, the media love publishing these types of headlines. So when they're relying on these sources, such as um, Martin North and and the previous person that I mentioned, Harry Dent, it does um, it does create a bit of clickbait and obviously attracts a lot of attention because we as Australians love property. And good news doesn't sell newspapers, so mm. they like all the bad news. Um, the next one, um, Dr. Steve Keane. Dr. Steve Keane is a name that you might not be as familiar with. Um, he is an Australian economist. Um, now, I'm going to go right back to 2008 and I've dug up some research here where he actually appeared on 60 Minutes on Channel 9. Um, and he was telling all Australians at that time to sell their property. And he was explaining that property prices would crash by 40% between 2008 and 2010. Now that is a huge alarmist headline, but he believed this so much that apparently he even sold his apartment in Sydney and he told others that they should sell up too. So his story was shared on the Daily Telegraph and also on the 7.30 report at the time. And his views were reported virtually without any challenge from others. But he was so certain his imp with his predictions that um, a lot of people believed him. But of course, he was also wrong. So I think that these are the sort of alarmist um, headlines that are reported. It's a, it creates a great story. Um, a lot of people tune in and they they take on board the, the way the um, the positioning perhaps is is put forward, but the reality is um, when these things don't eventuate, these people are not held to account. There's no going back to say, hey, you got it wrong, um, and yet other people may have relied upon, you know, that prediction and, and you know, alarmingly sold up a property and, and found themselves in a position where they couldn't buy back in. Dr. Steve Keane also um, in 2019, so despite getting it wrong 10 years earlier, he predicted price falls of 40% once again. That was the second time, and it was the second time that he was again wrong. So the concern there is, imagine how many people Scott might have actually, um, you know, followed his advice and, and potentially lost thousands, if not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars by selling out of a market, which consequently continued to increase. So imagine, the story there if you for example and i don't know where where stephen Keane um had his properties but say for example you you had an apartment in let's say bondi in, in sydney um and you were to sell that property back in what did you say 2008 um what that would be worth now uh, oof, that is just phenomenal the amount of money that that would have gone up in value over that um that period of time um compared to you know selling out back in 2008 and getting out of a an apartment in bondi back then that's... and if yeah we want to relate that to to brisbane imagine if you owned a, an old house at new farm in in a city uh new farm back in 28 2008 um that um might have felt like a lot of money at the time but that same home today would be worth um millions or you know it would have three times the value um, at least based on the past growth that we've experienced since then. So it just goes to show that listening to these types of experts can be so wrong and it's absolutely critical um, that you get a better understanding of fundamentals instead of relying on alarmist headlines from people like this. And that prediction um, you said back in 2008 was going to drop 40% and then you said again in 2019 another 40% mm. and yet we've never ever seen um, 40% drop in property prices in Australia ever. 
Correct. And and it's probably um, likely that we will never see a 40% pro- uh, drop in property prices in Australia ever. And the reason for that is that the majority of Australia's wealth is held within residential property. Um, it is the backbone of the Australian economy. So we cannot see that the government here in Australia would ever let that happen because it would be economic Armageddon for our country. So um, it's always important to um, keep that in your back of the mind. Residential property uh, provides housing. It's not an investment vehicle that is purely driven by um, by investment markets um, because people live in residential property and it creates shelter. It's a home for all of us here in Australia. Um, there's There's potentially different drivers that will eventually contribute to Um, the supply and demand metrics. And that's something that's very important to keep in mind um, when assessing property price movements, comparing that to other investment classes. Now, I know when when people inquire with us and they talk to us about things like that, about what's going to happen in the property and whatnot, we we obviously talk about what we see on the ground, how many people we're seeing at open homes, how many seeing at auctions, how many. You know, so it's we look at that, we break down that supply and demand. Obviously, there there is the data side of it, but there's also the on on the ground information. How how do these economists then forecast that you know property is going to drop forty percent or whatever whatever their forecasts become? How how do they actually forecast that? Well, we've got to keep in mind that economists are making forecasts um, from a desk. So first of all, they're they're office-based individuals and they're looking at modelling. And modelling comes through mathematical um, equations that are looking at various scenarios based on the inputs within that model. Now, those inputs are all fixed at the time that the forecasts are being made. Um, The issue is that the future is unknown and uncertain. So the second that something changes that's outside of what is modelled, um, the whole forecast becomes less relevant. Um, and let's let's use an example of COVID um, and we can look at some forecasts. I'm going to run through some of those that were specific to Brisbane. Forecasts that were made in the first couple of months of 2020 before COVID impacted our lives so significantly, they were completely inaccurate because all of a sudden um, the COVID pandemic changed so much in relation to the way we were living and it had a huge impact on our economy. And because of that, the forecasts needed to be adjusted. So any banks or economists that are putting forward forecasts based on modelling, they are potentially only accurate if the exact scenarios are actually playing out in the future. And the second that there's any change to any of those inputs as a result of changing interest rates, for example, as a result of changing economic conditions, world wars, um, any international um, events that might impact on that trajectory, that's actually going to impact on the overall accuracy of those forecasts based on the modeling that's used and you'll probably see some of that as we go through some of these dates so if we go a little bit let's say historical um obviously when we invest in property we don't do it just to to um, flick properties over really quickly so if we go back a little bit further and if we head back to around that 2014 2015 sort of time before obviously we come into that covid as we know it um and if we go back a little bit further before we come into sort of the modern time of that COVID era and then up to up to now. So if we go back in a little bit of time and get some predictions or some forecasts for some actuals. 
So I'm looking at forecasts that were made by the NAB, the National Australia Bank, and this is some information that we've been able to track back to 2014. And this is where we're going to get more specific and relevant to what was forecasted for the Brisbane property market and what was the actual result um, subsequent to um, seeing out all that time playing out. So back in 2014, the NAB forecasted growth in Brisbane of 6.4%. Um, and this is one of the years where the bank forecasts were fairly accurate, Scott. Um, we ended up having growth in Brisbane in that median value of 6.8%. So I would say that that's a pretty accurate prediction. That's a good start from NAV there. So if we then move into 2015, and they've forecasted a, a growth of 5.7%, um, and the actual was 3%. So a little bit off there, and I think if you were, you know, basing your portfolio growth off the predicted amount, you would be really disappointed that um, you've received just over half of the growth that um, was forecasted. Again, um, this is a reflection of the fact that economic conditions um, can be different to what is modelled, and that is that obviously plays out in the actual performance um, that is reported. Moving forward to 2016, um, they they got this one accurately um, forecasted 2% growth in median values and uh, Brisbane achieved 2% growth across the 12 month period. They actually got did pretty well in these three years over this period 2017 uh, forecast of 1% actual of 2%. And in 2018 a forecast of zero and um, hit the nail on the head yet again they, there was zero growth across that period of time and you'll note that um, between 2016 and 2018 and in fact um, further into 2019, growth was definitely um, subpar here in Brisbane compared to some other uh, parts of the nation, some other capital cities. And um, we often talk about the, the period prior to COVID in Brisbane, where we had 10 years of really subpar performance. Um, and you'll recall that we did have, um, we talked about this a lot previously in our podcast, we had a change in our city plan in 2014. Um, and off the back of that, we saw a lot of land rezoned here in especially in inner city locations and that resulted in a lot of um, medium and higher density unit developments being constructed in a very short space of time now we always talk on this podcast about the balance between supply and demand and we know that um, when we have an oversupply of properties whether that's um, houses or units or townhouses dwellings in general if we've got more uh, places or dwellings than we do have for than, than the demand side of it, we're actually going to see prices soften. And it's exactly what we actually experienced um, in the peak of the market where we had, when I talk about the peak of the market, the peak of the development cycle, where we had an oversupply of the high density units in and around the inner city Brisbane precinct. That was 2016. And when we reflect back to actual performance, we had 2% growth in 2016. We had 2% growth in 2017 and 0% growth in 2018. That's all very much subpar performance, but that's off the back of too many properties available for sale or for rent and not enough buyers um, or tenants to fill those properties. So it was just a, a time where there was a, a general underperformance across the Brisbane market. Now, I just want to jump on to um, around 2018, when you look at the NAB hedonic house price forecasts and just wanted to sort of touch on that and go through it and obviously explain a little bit of there as well. Now, 2018, there was a forecast there of 1.9%. The actual was 0.4%. Mm. But we need to keep in mind as well, and these are the things you touched on a, a little while ago, how you take into account other factors that can have an influence on that. 
And that was obviously um, Royal Commission and federal election time. Absolutely. So um, we will recall back in 2018 that we did have um, the impacts of the, the Royal Commission. And this is where um, banks or the regulators actually um, changed the rules around lending serviceability buffers increased and um, it became harder for people to actually source financing. We also saw um, investors charged a higher rate of interest than owner occupiers. So all of these reforms in the lending space obviously um, had an impact and therefore changed um, the trajectory of the performance of the property market um, in general. So yes, Brisbane was forecast to grow 1.9% um, and in 2018 experienced um, yeah, zero 0.4%, so very minimal growth. Um, they didn't actually anticipate these, these Royal Commission changes, but even more so than that, the federal election back in that time um, was one in which the um, federal Labor government was proposing changes to negative gearing as well. Now, obviously policy changes um, like that, or even proposed policy changes can really impact on consumer behavior. And obviously when the consumer behavior is impacted, the demand metrics um, can, can change um, and that can cause a softening in prices, especially if you've got more buyers um, sitting on the sidelines and not participating in the market. Um, demand drops um, at, at a time when supply remains unchanged, that causes downward pressure on prices. So that was 2018. So 2019, um, the forecast was 2% and... The 2% two, two years out, um, that was revised to 0% one year out um, and the actual performance was 0.4%. Uh, yep. And then we hit, a, hit an era where around that COVID sort of time when um, the predictions again changed a little bit, 0%. Um, yeah, COVID was an interesting year. So two years out, um, they were predicting 0% growth in 2020. This is the NAB um, predictions, so National Australia Bank. One year out um, for Brisbane, the NAB was predicting 1.2% growth um, uh, for Brisbane. And, you know, obviously we know and understand that um, they overestimated the growth before COVID actually hit and then you know, once COVID hit, they they revised their estimates as well. Um, 2020 was definitely a hard year to predict, of course. Um, and at the beginning of the year, everything was forecasted quite optimistically. And then that, that all needed to be revised as the economic conditions changed very, very rapidly. Now, I do know some of the revisions at that time were that, um, property prices were going to be uh, dropping significantly um, off the back of changes in economic activity in, in the COVID era. So um, yes, you're right, um, the, the, the forecast by the NAB at the beginning of 2020 was 1.2% growth. Interestingly, we're gonna bring in some Westpac data for 2020 as well. Westpac were predicting 8% growth for the Brisbane market. Um, what changed pretty rapidly um, post-COVID is that those predictions changed to anything up to negative 30% growth in the Brisbane market. Um, that's where we saw a lot of those doomsday forecasters coming in with their predictions. But the actual performance in Brisbane across that 12-month period was 3.6%. And that, I guess, was the most surprising change, especially off the back of some of those revised forecasts. That, uh, and I, I do remember that really clearly. Everyone was saying that property prices were going to um, drop 
you know, 20, 30, 40%. It was all over the news that, you know, because of COVID that the property prices are going to drop dramatically. Um, and, and in fact, they actually went up slightly. So um, if we move then on to, to 2021 and the forecasts. Yeah, look, I think that everybody was caught out during 2021. Um, when we reflect back to what we saw in Brisbane throughout every month of 2021, it was a period that um, I'm surprised we all survived um, being in the real estate market. The volume of buyers, the depth of buyers is like nothing we've ever experienced before. Um, instead of, um, you know, this, this huge negative price uh, growth that was predicted. We saw these huge price surges um, off the back of COVID. Um, we saw a lot of stimulus, obviously, from the federal government um, go into the market. We saw um, a federal response whereby um, it was very quickly legislated that there was going to be assistance for tenants that were struggling financially. There was going to be assistance for landlords who were unable to repay their mortgage. Um, and so there was a lot of um, scaffolding put around the residential property market, um, as well as commercial property markets, I might say. Um, but that was all provided to um, ensure that it was a soft landing. Um, who would have thought that instead of providing a soft landing, it provided a springboard upon which property prices escalated very rapidly. Um, and, you know, when we look at the 2021 20, uh, actual results versus what was predicted, it was it was actually very different. Yeah, it was a little bit of a crazy time. And I'm glad you touched on that because I think everyone in the industry was almost burnt out. Um, it was a period of time when, you know, there was lineups down the street. It was, it was just chaos, multi-offers, prices were going crazy, people were going crazy, um, and you couldn't get into a property to, to view it. So if we look at the forecasts and the actuals, so looking at the NAB forecast for 2021 that, that were made, they were predicting growth of 10.1% here in Brisbane. Um, and the Westpac forecast for the same period, 8% growth. So banks were very optimistic at the start of the year. When we look back historically and we see what actually happened, Brisbane actually experienced 27.4% growth um, across that 12-month period. And that is a 12-month period like no other um, and I think that anyone that was in the market at the beginning of 2021 um, really did benefit from holding those properties throughout that period of time because they had, you know, 27% more equity in their, their homes or their investment properties just as a result of a 12-month holding. So I don't think we'll ever see growth of that magnitude um, here in Brisbane ever again. I think it was the perfect storm of circumstances off the back of COVID. Um, and therefore, you know, as I said, those that were in the market have really benefited. Um, and I know there were a lot of people that were trying to get in the market during that period because month to month we were seeing price escalation in excess of 2% to the peak. I bet that's a time that some of those commentators might have been taking their words back of um, massive drops in property prices and you, and you wait for that period of time to, to see what actually happens and for it to go up 27.4% just in Brisbane. Um, it's quite amazing, um, and that's a massive amount of money that they've missed out on, unfortunately, for them. Absolutely. Going forward, 2022. Yeah, so this brings us to the last year that um, we have a forecast, and NAB at that time were predicting 
20% growth in the Brisbane market um, for the year. Again, recalling that um, as we were heading into 2022, the market was still very buoyant. We were off the back of um, extremely high growth um, from 2021, and we were still experiencing month-on-month growth in excess of 2% coming into the um, January in 2022. Uh, but you'll recall Brisbane had a number of challenges um, throughout last year, uh, the first being the floods that impacted us at the end of February. Um, who would have expected a second Brisbane flood so soon after the, the devastation 10 years prior? Um, and, and yet following that, we had another federal election um, and then interest rate rises. And, you know, across the year, we saw back-to-back interest rate rises um, every month. I, I mean, now looking back, we've had 11 interest rate rises across 12 months. Um, so again, that was very unlikely to be um, forecasted into the modelling that um, the banks and economists used to predict property price movements at the beginning of the year because we were being told at the time by the RBA that um, interest rates were going to stay low um, until 2024. And of course, um, that trajectory changed very rapidly as the economy changed as well. So um, there's there's no certainty around what the future can look like. But we were seeing forecasts of 6.3%. The actual performance across all Brisbane dwellings for the 12-month period was negative 4.7%. And we've seen a bit of a change since then, with the market sort of picking back up again. But you know, if you just look at that and people go, oh, it dropped for, you know, negative 4.7%, uh, just in three years, you're still up 28.1% just in three years. Yep. So, you know, if you go back further and you add that up, how that has continued to grow, again, I don't know how people can actually forecast such a massive drop um, in the property prices when you can look back historically and see what it's actually done as well. Yes, there's been um, very few years where the Brisbane property market has actually retracted over a 12-month period. Um, 2022 was one of those years. We certainly do not expect that 2023 will be one of those years. Now that we're in um, back in the black, effectively, we've got um, positive growth over the first um, quarter or over the last quarter, um, I should say, of, of the months that we've had to date. So, you know, we do expect month on month conditions to continue to improve here in Brisbane. It's certainly what we're seeing on the ground. And I guess that brings us to, you know, what is a more reliable way to um, predict the the future movements of property prices, whether that be up or down, Scott? Yeah, I, I, it's look, obviously, I, I, I do respect the, the side of the data and looking at all that information. But I don't think there's there's a better way than actually experiencing what's happening on the ground. Our team here at Streamline Property Buyers, we're out during the week, we're out at weekends, we go to auctions, we see what properties are passing in at, see what they're selling for, we see all those negotiations and we see how many people and how many sets of shoes are at the front door. That's the sort of thing that you, you just, you can't, it's not, you're not lying about anything like that. It's what we see on the ground here um, that will help people understand I think that's supply and demand. If there's that many people looking there, um, then there's a lot of people interested in property. And that, to me, that is a good forecast and that's a good way to watch it. If you, if you turn up at properties and there's no one there, you start to think, well, where is everyone? Where are all the buyers going? Because that's going to reduce that demand on those sort of properties as well. 
Absolutely. Fundamentals or Property Fundamentals 101. Um, check out the real-time demand. That's generally an indication of the direction of the market. If there's more buyers than there are sellers, the direction of the market um, generally is that there's upward pressure on prices. If there's more sellers than there are buyers, the direction of the market is generally down. Yes, there's a lot of things that will impact on buyer activity as well as seller sentiment and seller activity. Um, interest rates um, definitely are one of those things that will impact on um, a seller's motivation to sell, especially those that are in distress, but also a buyer's affordability and capacity to purchase based on their borrowing capacity. But there's a lot of other things that also contribute to that decision to buy or sell a property, especially when property is um, the the main source of shelter for everybody here in Australia. So there's a lot of emotional decision-making that does happen around properties. And I know when it comes to making a decision to sell, for example, um, you know, those that are even financially stressed will make sacrifices and compromise to ensure that they can continue to house their family, whether that be in a rental property or in their home, even as interest rates escalate and increase. And likewise, buyers will also, you know, um, be impacted by other motivations to purchase outside of the cost of holding the asset. For example, um, as interest rates increase, it's not going to impact everybody in the same way. Those on higher incomes um, are potentially going to be less impacted because a lower portion of their family income will go towards, you know, repaying um, their mortgage potentially. So, you know, it's all relative. And I think that uh, we consistently try to highlight in this podcast um, that you need to understand at a local level what's actually going on because relying on some of these sort of doomsdayers, some of the economists or, or even some of these bank forecasts, these people are not at the coal base. They're not actually seeing what we see week in, week out. So making forecasts based on modelling simply doesn't necessarily um, tell us what's likely to happen. And I think that through the discussion today, we've provided the evidence and the proof that, you know, what's been said in the past by many of these um, forecasting banks um, and doomsday is it just simply hasn't eventuated. And I think that it's very important for both buyers and sellers to, to take note of the fact that despite these forecasts and the inaccuracy of these forecasts, um, you know, property prices will be determined by the balance between supply and demand. Excellent. So obviously, if you if you want to know a bit more about that and want to know our forecast, then reach out to the team at Streamline Property Buyers. We can help you with that and let you know what we think. So um, a lot of information there. Um, obviously, the forecast compared to actuals to let you know what's actually happening um, from the number one podcast in Brisbane. I will let Melinda wrap it up as we normally do. Um, as as we said at the start, we've we're, just because we do say, you know, that we, we got said we've we got told we're number one, um, we're not stopping there. We, we strive to give as much information as we can, share as much information with people. Um, we've got some fantastic, exciting guests coming up, which we can't wait to talk to. Um, so we will keep trying to um, get better and better um, so that people like listening to the podcast. So thanks very much for listening. Uh, I'll let Melinda wrap it up and bye for now. Thank you again for tuning in to the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, as always, we hope you have enjoyed the content that we've shared with you today. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. Also share the podcast with friends and family. You've been doing a great job of doing this because obviously our audience is growing week to week um, and that's how we've been able to position ourselves as the number one podcast here in Brisbane. We'd love for you to leave us a Google review if you do have time. So feel free to do that. Um, 
Look forward to speaking with you again next week. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.